<laughs> anyway, whenever whenever you guys are ready, okay. I'm. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm we, we, that, it's part we of the kinda, recording. Yeah, we just banter started, first and so we kick is, it in. Yeah, this is our way of kind of warming up and just getting used to speaking, talking to you. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's right. It's it's morning for you guys. Yeah. So, so it's kind yeah, of the wake up. Wake yeah. Up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm like ready for bed. You know, I'm drinking my nighttime. Yeah. Tea. <laughs> actually, actually, it's caffeinated, so I'll be up all night listening to the rest of your season too. Oh. <laughs> we really appreciate it. We have our wake up tea. So, how's everything over there with the pandemic? Uh, things could be better, but yeah. things also could be worse. There's oh. there's promise because the government just approved the other two vaccines, the AstraZeneca and the Moderna. So we have more options, but the rollout is so slow. Yeah, we don't know when we'll actually get them. So that's the issue. And half of the um, half of the medical workers haven't even gotten theirs yet. So I don't know what's happening. Did you guys already got vaccinated? Yeah. Yep. We're we're in Ohio, and Ohio, uh, sadly, is in the bottom half of the states with the amount of people who've been vaccinated. And I think they said the number was around like 40% of people who've had at least one of the shots, like maybe their first dose, which was actually a higher number I thought it was going to be. But the fact that it's free, the fact that they've opened it up to everybody, and now they started a lottery, a literal lottery, where they're going to give away for, I think, they're going to do a drawing once every five weeks and give away a million dollars. <gasps> I mean, yeah, and 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 still you have these people uh, who, you know, I just, look, I, I you guys know our show. So I, I try to be very understanding and respectful as much as I can. But I just have, I just have such a problem with like, uh, blatant ignorance, like people who are like, I have no facts, but I believe this thing so strongly and I will fight you to the death on it. And I'm like, Why? Well, we'll be doing and that for 2000 years, man. I, I know, I know it, it will go on forever, mm-hmm. but, but I feel like more, more often than not in, in recent times, I feel like laziness is accepted. Mm-hmm. Mediocrity is celebrated and ignorance is rewarded. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. our current modern day life. And it just bothers me so much. Um, I'm worried about the future. I'm worried about our future generations. Uh, but I think every generation has felt that way. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there were a lot of people who were very concerned about like the advent of the internet, the advent of TV and radio. It's always been a story of, this new thing that we don't understand is always is sure. gonna is gonna spell the doom of our society, and of course now we have a lot more concrete things to think that way. Like obviously, it is very uh, concerning the fact that uh, people are blatantly ignoring facts and uh, authority, and also trying to entrench themselves into their beliefs because they feel like they're being attacked. Personally, I don't believe that's a new thing. Like we've we've been here before. It's just that now it's much easier to see it on your face, you know. Especially people were a lot more. Um, there's a lot of extremism now, but uh, I guess it's just the exposure. And that's the thing. Like it, I think, I think it's easy to buy into the idea that 
the extremists are the largest group. They're not. They're, not. they're just the loudest. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But it feels like it because the rest of us who kind of live in the middle somewhere on that spectrum are like, I don't even want to talk about, like, I'm not even going to sit here and battle with you about whether or not science is real. Like, <laughs> I just don't have time for that. But they did. You know, the same stuff was happening when the polio vaccine came out. The difference is everyone has a megaphone now. Everyone has a podcast now. <laughs> just about. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, back in the, the day, that's the issue. Back in the day, we didn't yeah. hear uh, the cra- crazy Joe in the, in the barn talking about vaccines yeah. and how they will <laughs> destroy uh, humanity. They didn't have Twitter. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have Twitter, but yeah. now they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like crazy Joe, just keep shoveling the horse crap. In the <laughs> and where do they yeah. find all the time for this? Like, wow, you just realize how much time they have on their hands. It's a job. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're obviously not doing anything productive. Yeah. No, not at all. All right. So shall we bring it in? Shall yeah. we bring the music? Yeah. Okay. Let's hit it. Now the music is playing. It's just... I hear it. It's sexy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me get to the thing. Oh, my God. All these notes. I am not prepared. You uh, Yeah. All right. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast. Coming to you from a cozy abode in Tokyo. As you might notice, there's a few things that are different. Uh, we are we are trying to bring more quality, more value in Technicolor from Japan. <laughs> this is the podcast where we get candid, cozy, and culture, and don't take life too seriously. And you shouldn't either. Uh, and I'm your host for today, Juan. And I'm joined, as always, by my wife, the talented, amazing, beautiful Wendy. Aw, thank you? you. I'm great. How yeah. are you? I am doing great. I'm very excited about today. And uh, today we have something very special for listeners. We and, do. Um, it's uh, a first for this podcast. Yes, too. it is. We're trying to uh, bring more interesting perspectives and views from people that we've met, trying to collaborate and bring more value to everyone and also provide more value because that's what that's what we're about. Yep. And today we have a very special guest, the host of the Going There podcast. Taboos are back on the table. I love that title, by the way, Matt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. I, I assume that was like something you sit down, you sat down with your friends, like, let's find out a good, a good title. Mm-hmm. And then that was very long. It was like, yeah, I like it. I, I like, I wanted, I liked because when Lejan, my co-host and I were talking about it in the early stages, he said something like, I was like, yeah, we're going to have these like raw, candid conversations. He's like, yeah, we're going to go there. I'm like, dude, that's mm-hmm. the title. I was like, but we have to say the words taboo topics somewhere in there. Otherwise, people are going to be like, well, where are you going? I don't know. We're just going. Yeah. So, yeah. The t- so, yeah, it was a lot of back and forth. And then when I said it out loud the first time, I think everybody perked up and were like, that's it. 
um, because there's so many like going there things, you know? So like going there is kind of like the personality of it, but the taboo topics to me, which is why I think we mesh so well. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like, these are all the taboo. These are all the topics I would not talk about in front of my grandma, but I'm, you know, yeah. <laughs> my, I, my grandma's, neither of my grandmas are around anymore. So hopefully they're not hearing from the grave either. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I hope they are. They might be rolling around. <laughs> I, I hope they're enlightened in the afterlife. Huh? Right. Yeah, there right. You go. Our guest today is Matt Palota. Not Palota. Nope. Palota. <laughs> Palada. Palada. It's like yeah. like like Italian people say it. Palada. Well, well, actually, the Italians would say Palota. Oh, okay. Oh. I mean, phonetically, it is Palota, but it became very Americanized when they came over in the '30s. You know, at Ellis Island, my my grandfather's middle name was Luigi. Oh, uh, like the Mario character, and they were like, uh, "That's not a name, Louis." Oh, oh, come on, man. Americans always do American they, things. Yeah. <laughs> why do you do American anything? things? They do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I love collaborating with people not in America. Yeah. And especially, you know, from other cultures, which is what makes the show, your show great because you have, you know, multicultural views from both your backgrounds and from, you know, where you were raised. So that's right. great. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. I guess uh, we should give you, again, the mic so you can introduce yourself. I mean, you've, you've kind of done it already, but tell our, tell our audience what your show is about. Yeah. So, I mean, it's basically, we try to tackle all of the conversations, these uh, awkward conversations, if you will, uh, about these taboo topics, the things that I guess at least I'll just speak for myself that I think are important that people need to discuss that they're not discussing with friends and family because they're like, well, don't bring that up at a dinner table. And I'm not saying you should bring up politics at dinner, but at some point in time, you should discuss race and racism and you should discuss um, how you view sex or sexuality or sexual orientation or you should be able to talk about, you know, why these things are important to you. Um, really it boils down to coexisting. We, we live in divisive times. Uh, you know, I think the world's always been a divisive place. I think the pandemic just, uh, made it exploited that division. It, it, it drew thicker, larger lines down the middle. Right. Um, and, and, and so we don't talk to each other about stuff because we all just buy into one way of thinking, whatever that is. And I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to say all. I don't like using absolutes because mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that's kind of what got us to this problem, right? right. It's like all people who are like this, mm -hmm. they're this way. And and I, so it's about critical thinking, objectivity, and of course, having a good sense of humor and talking through people's experiences. So like we've, we talked to uh, actually one of my local um, uh, state reps uh, who's Jewish and who had like anti-Semitic hate male and and people mm -hmm. like badgering him when he was running for office and and we've seen this rise of anti-semitism like on january 6th and i'm like where has this been living i i didn't experience this but i'm also not a jewish person so it's hard for me and it's like this racism i didn't grow up around it but i also grew up in a mostly predominantly white area where racism wasn't a thing but now i see the importance of being anti-racist and so that's why my co-hosts and my guests add the real true value to the show because, you know, 
uh, one guy's black and we have a female and she's also, she identifies as queer. And then we have all these different guests on the show who can talk about their experiences. And at the end of the day, it's not like I'm trying to get you to change your sexual identity or make a major change other than I think the best way to learn how to empathize with people is just listen to their stories. I can't imagine listening to somebody's story about how something made them feel and thinking, what a piece of crap. (laughs) Like, I I think if you can hear a story and be willing to listen to it Mm -hmm. openly, I think it's so hard to walk away from that and go, yeah, but the rest of them, you know, whatever that Mm -hmm. is. Uh, And, and it's not just, it's not just race and gender. I mean, we, we tackle abortion, we tackle everything that makes probably some listeners squirm a little bit. And I love that. I hope it makes people a little uncomfortable. It's, it's, there's an art to kind of delving into the awkward and the uncomfortable. And I've gotten so good at it that I make other people sometimes uncomfortable and I need to kind of watch my boundaries. But it's an important thing. It's an important thing that I think we should not be willing to settle for uh, small talk and and shallow kind of behaviors in our meaningful relationships. Yeah. As, as husband and wife, you two, and we're going to talk about yeah. all this yeah. Yeah. with marriage, should be able to talk about everything and anything. Exactly. That's very important. For communication. Yeah. And and that's, to me, I feel that way with a lot of my meaningful relationships. And so it's tough when you have somebody in your life who you care for and you can't talk about certain things or you can't reason with them. Uh, it's just, it's sad. Yeah. And I, I hope that we begin to evolve again as, as a species after the pandemic kind of slows down <laughs> and, and we're, we're back around each other more often because it's so much easier to hate each other from behind our screens. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anonymously. That's a, that's a big problem. And I really, I really yeah. agree with your point of view. I think that we should definitely be having a lot more of the difficult conversations. Like when, when, when you realize that the other person is uh, maybe uncomfortable, maybe it's a good time to lean in into it and understand why it's uncomfortable because probably there is an issue behind it and a lot more people would be in a much better position to communicate and also mm-hmm. have a better relationship if they understand why they feel so uh, such an, an, a strong emotion towards something. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a misunderstanding. There's a lot of poor education in some things. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that people should unlearn. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's one of the things that I, I try to get across too. It's like some of these things like, like bigotry, it's not necessarily your fault. It's your, it might be your fault as an adult that you, you know, just keep, you know, you have these behaviors mm-hmm. that you haven't stopped, but yeah, I mean, it's ingrained in us. It's ingrained in our culture. It's ingrained in our DNA. Mm-hmm. Like that's not your fault. I, I think what you were getting at, which is the biggest problem it's like you're asking people to like listen and, and empathize with others, but they don't really know themselves. Mm-hmm. And so it really starts with a little bit of self-awareness mm-hmm. and then they can have the, you know, social and environmental awareness. And so it's wishful thinking. Yeah. But but I think, again, I think once people are are at a point where they're like, I'm willing to listen to anybody and hear them out and try to understand mm-hmm. them. I mean that's a great starting point. That's all it really takes, yeah. you know. I mean, plant, plant that seed. I don't. I don't. I don't think that it's a wishful thinking because, like, back in the day when women were not allowed to vote, mm-hmm. 
talking about that was a difficult uh, topic. A difficult topic. Like people were like, "Oh no!" Like, uh, mm, I don't know. I think women should be in the kitchen and stuff like that. And at that point, probably it felt just as hopeless, you know. So I guess with time, things like it's difficult to per- to to perceive how things are going to change long term. But you know, it's worth the t- time. Is the time is the key? Yeah. Because as you're saying, like, and the thing is, they had been talking about women getting the right to vote since the 1800s. That's right. Women's suffrage had had. I mean, had, there had been people. There had been women who pioneered it, but it was like they could not get numbers and the pushback was so hard. And and we're sitting here 101 years later. And in the grand scheme of things, did women's lives and rights get that much better? In context of 100 years, not it hasn't moved as far as it should. I mean, the fact that women are still earning 75 cents on the dollar... Is troublesome. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it's wishful thinking. It's I'll be long dead <laughs> before some of these things actually have an impact. But isn't that what we're supposed to do? No. Leave the earth, leave our world in a better position than where we found it. So that's, you know, that's, that's what it is. But I, I love your optimism because I'm too pragmatic sometimes. Um, somebody in, in one of our recent episodes, somebody said like I'm a pessimist of the brain but an optimist of the heart and that's what I try mm. to be and somewhere it meets somewhere in the middle so like somewhere around like my throat is I guess where I'm most <laughs> problematic which is why I'm speaking from it yeah right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know I don't want to dry I could talk about this stuff all day but I I, I know you guys want to talk about some really important topics of today, course and I'm gonna go there with you yeah let's and, go you know, there make your grandmas uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> Go in there with our grandmas. Yeah, that's gonna be the get un- uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different show, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fetish show, I think. Uh, uh, yeah. It's all good. <laughs> all right, so today we we brought Matt among a lot of other things because, I mean, we, we love talking with you and, and we feel like we have a lot of things in common and uh, there are so many things that we could talk about. But we feel that... Our listeners will love hearing about our experience with relationships, infidelity, uh, expectations, and divorce. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of stigma and sometimes could be a difficult conversation for some people because they feel like there's some sort of power on those words, on those terms that they don't want to cast on themselves. Like sometimes people feel very afraid of talking especially uh, on certain cultures that are very tied to religion. Mm-hmm. Like talking about the divorce or or cheating, I feel like we should probably bring it bring it to the table. You know, uh, we should talk about it. We haven't had, especially Wendy and I, a lot of experience uh, with. In, I mean, we are newlyweds. Yeah, yes. yeah. And Matt, you. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm gonna make you guys so uncomfortable. You remember bring how it. I said <laughs> that? Because because I'm gonna I'm going to challenge. My goal here today is to challenge. Some of our cultural, and when I say cultural, I mean it could be multicultural, right. but a lot uh, cultural views on marriage and infidelity and relationships in general, because there is no cookie cutter mold. There's not, you know, my my relationship with every person in my life is different, and I realize it's it, there's obviously a very different dynamic when it's when there's uh, the sex and love and all of those things in there, but relationships are relationships and 
you know, the way that people click can be very different. So I definitely, and, and I say, <laughs> I say all of this, I'm still pretty vanilla and traditional, <laughs> but I just see so many people do things that are self-destructive, myself included. I've made so many freaking mistakes, uh, but you're just, you have to come back and go, well, why? Yeah. Why did I even do this in the first place? So I'm actually very excited about this because I would, I, uh, I'm excited to hear what your guys' views and thoughts are on this. And I'll probably even find some self-discovery by the end of this. And this is definitely a going there topic too. So like season two going there. Yeah, you guys are going to be back on and we're going to do that. Excellent. Awesome. We're really excited about that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, as you said, like uh, it's definitely a topic that we can learn a lot from. Um, we can talk from like third person experience. I have, I've talked with a lot of people. I've, I've helped also a lot of people who have gone through those thorny situations. Mm -hmm. So we definitely feel like there's a lot that we can share. How about you, Wendy? Yeah, we've also met people in Tokyo who are, they're experiencing unconventional relationships and yes. they're in it themselves. So we have a lot to talk about on that behalf too, yeah. on their behalf. And I think like a good point to start is infidelity. I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of the time infidelity, like in my, in my perspective, in my, in my view, infidelity is the consequence of a need not be met. Like usually when there's poor communication or there's some sort of weird dynamic in between the relationship, uh, one of the parties doesn't feel comfortable talking about some of their needs. And when that stands long enough, usually that person is going to feel a, a big urge to get have that need met. It not, doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. Most of the time it is though. And then that person tends to go to someone else to have that need met. So I want to ask you guys this. And, 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 and you're probably bad test subjects because you're newlyweds. Yeah. So you guys are still gaga over each other, which is fantastic. <laughs> what would hurt you more? I'll, I'll ask Actually, you know what? I'm going to ask the woman first. Uh, Wendy, what would it hurt you more if you found out that Juan had cheated on you physically, like it was purely physical, or that he had cheated on you emotionally? Emotionally, definitely. Should we make uh, it to our yeah. listeners what emotional cheating is more clearly? Sure, yeah. So, yeah, well, you can define it. What, what did you take that as, I guess? I think Juan and I lean on each other for a lot of emotional mm -hmm. um, reasons. And for him to go outside of our marriage to seek that would mean that I'm not providing him enough stability. I'm not being attentive. I'm not listening. I'm not there for him on a daily basis. And our, our marriage is built on a really strong friendship. So for him to cheat on me sexually, I think would be less heavy. It wouldn't be as big of a deal than for him to cheat emotionally because as a person, I know that we have such a strong emotional connection to each other. Hmm. And I would take that much more seriously than just a physical Right. Yeah, that was that was do. such a beautiful answer. Again, you guys are obviously newlyweds because she took it all upon her. It's like if he if he cheats on me emotionally, I must have done something wrong. Yeah. Instead of like, what a prick. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is 
Which is what, like, most people, like, year three in beef. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, no. Like, like, like um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, again, I'm, I, I don't deal in absolutes. Uh, um, no, I, I, I think that's, but I, I agree. Um, because one, in my opinion, you hit the nail on the head. People, people are looking for love or uh, acceptance or intimacy or any of these things, but they seek it through sex. Right. And those things are not necessarily synonymous. Those things can be very, very different. But sex is like the the doorway to those things, right? And, and that's part of, I, I think, in my opinion, that's part of kind of our cultural understanding of what marriage is or what relationships are. It's like, well, a relationship is all these things. It, it might not be. I think we all know people who married somebody who they were just like very attracted to, but they were a hot mess. Like the relationship just did not work. They just had this physical connection. Mm-hmm. And we know people who, you know, married more with their head than their heart. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but sometimes people mix up those innate needs. Uh, it's like Maslow's hierarchy, right? Right. It's like you have to have these these uh, needs fulfilled. And I think a lot of people, and we all we have all done it at one time or another. It's like, you know, I don't feel, my wife doesn't make me feel attractive. This woman's giving me attention. I am going to pursue that. But it's not really about, you know, it's not about A, B, C, or D. Right. It's really this this internal thing. So infidelity is a big problem, but I, I also think that we set ourselves up, in my opinion, I think we set ourselves up for failure a lot of times from the get-go because when I think about dating, somebody said this on one of our recent shows too, is a great point, is we put ourselves out there, but we put out like the picture perfect, like the glamour photo right. of ourselves. We put on, we put our best foot forward and we try to say the right things and we try to do the right mm-hmm. things. How many of us are honest about who we are from the get go? Right. And also how much, how many of us communicate our expectations properly from the get go, from right. the get go. And, and that's, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. It's like, if I'm not going to be honest about who I am, why, we're never going to really learn who the other person yeah. is. Which is which is why one of my personal policies is like whenever I advise someone about the relationship, if they're thinking about like getting married or something, I always say try to live with that person for at least six months. Oh yeah. So you can oh, you yeah, can get yeah. to see who that person really is because. Unfortunately, at all, a lot of people, like, that's the next step. Like, you get married and then you move in together. You haven't spent enough time where where you see that person, like, just waking up. That person, like, yeah. having <laughs> terrible diarrhea. Dealing with taxes. Yeah, dealing with taxes, <laughs> having a bad day, coming back from work really tired and just, like, I want to see anyone. And I'm going to make this statement. I'll boldly fight anybody on yeah. this. It does not count if you're like, well, I mean, they basically live with me because they sleep mm-hmm. over every night. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. that does not count because that is still your place or their place. Yeah. Those are two very different things. Again, it, it's when they are somewhere where they feel comfortable, you will see the real Exactly. Thing, which is why, again, like America has gotten a little bit more, we get, we've gotten better culturally about that. But there are still people like even in my own family who are just like, against the idea of people living together before mm-hmm. marriage. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, first of all, you're being unrealistic if you think they're waiting till marriage. Even the people who claim they're waiting till marriage to have sex are not waiting. You should never do that anyway. Yeah. And, and, and again, if that's, if you're, if you're religious, I get it, but I have so many things that I would challenge you on that I won't even get mm-hmm. into at the moment. Sexual connection is a real thing. And there are people who are not compatible. Yeah. I could only imagine what it would be like on your wedding night to find out that, oh my God, this does not work. Yes. Could you imagine? I mean, you could work at it, but think about when you're so upset with your spouse or your significant other and the sex is terrible. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's like you've already packed your bags. This wasn't fun to begin with, but now it's horrible. <laughs> like, where's my outlet? <laughs> I have a question for you, though. Like, do you feel like sex is a pillar of a relationship? Like, can a relationship live without good sex? I think, I I think, well, okay. The, cab, the asterisk next to my answer is, I think for some people it can because... There are people who are either asexual yes. or have like next to no sex drive. And so for those people, it's not a big need. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for most people, mm, okay, if you're in a monogamous relationship and you are sexual people, no, I don't think it could ever exist without sex. That's just an animalistic need that I think a lot of people try to paint as like, well, you don't have to, you know, it, or it's not a need. It's a, you're just being a man or you're just being gross or you're just being like horny or whatever they try to paint it as. It's like, no, it's a biological. I mean, there's a reason that sex is what it is and why it's like one of our like highest needs really. And I think people try to minimize that and go, well, now you're married and now, you know, sex, <laughs> sex will get boring and one day you'll stop having sex. It's like, it doesn't have to be like that. Now there are people who, have a really deep connection and who are in non-traditional relationships. So maybe they're, they have an open marriage or maybe they're like ethically non-monogamous, for example, then sure, it could probably exist without sex. Cause if they have the love and the intimacy and the communication and their best friends, yeah, sure. Cause sex, sex is still, the thing is if you're a sexual person, that desire is still going to get fulfilled somehow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or you like one day just like, you know, spontaneous combustion catch on fire in the middle of nowhere because you're like, you know, you go into the Guinness Book of World Records as the horniest person alive. I'm sure there's something like that. Tyler, the guy who runs my soundboard, just raised his hand when I said that. So now I know. Who it is? Going to carry a... Gonna carry a fire extinguisher everywhere I go. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the put them out. <laughs> on the topic of um, asexuality, I have a friend who is not asexual, but she is married to a man who is asexual. Is is he admitted he's asexual? Yes. Like he's actually. They like- knew she knew that before she married him, but now that they're married. They're, I think they're in like their second year, third year of marriage. She is having problems because he's not comfortable with her having sex outside of the marriage. What are your thoughts on that? So any relationship 
there's going to have compromise. But a relationship is two people like fully embracing mm. each other for who they are, mm-hmm. the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's not a need that doesn't have to be satisfied. Um, not really. I, I think that will do such emotional damage to her and is going to have such negative impacts down the line on the relationship. And I'm saying this from, you know, I'm not by any means a, you know, certified counselor or anything like that, but just what I've witnessed, you know, it's one thing if you say, I have to eat pizza. It's like, no, you don't really have to eat pizza. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, and this is a conversation I have every week with yeah. my <laughs> wife. I love pizza. It's that Italian in me, man. I just freaking love it. So I'm always like, I need pizza. She's like, do you really need pizza? <laughs> I mean, every once in a while, you should be allowed to have your pizza, mm-hmm. but it's like, no, you should eat a salad, you know? So, you know, but I need food. Yeah. And so it's like, look, I need sex. Mm. I don't have to have mind-blowing sex. Mm. I don't have to have, you know, an orgy with like oils and people in weird robes and candles and stuff, but I need to have sex. And so if you're not willing to have sex with me, what do I do? I just have to say though, like sloppy sex is not a good cop out though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, not as the only form. Yes. Right. You know, right. again, I can't, you can't only eat salads. Yes. Okay. Got to have that pizza. Yeah. But yeah. So, I, so I think that's going to have, look, it, it's, it's sad because again, and I'm talking like, uh, I know it sounds like little hippy dippy. I'm a very, again, pragmatic, grounded person mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But when we take a step back, we go, Culturally, we're taught this is the getting married is the finish line. And it's not. I mean, it's really not. And it's not for everybody. And even if you're married, it doesn't have to be this cookie cutter mold that says it's it's monogamous. It's just you and them and you guys will just make it work, especially. And I and I complained about being raised in very religious settings growing up because it really messes up your head and your understanding of how things are supposed to be and guilt and shame, Mm -hmm. but like, you're not supposed to talk about sex. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to think and lust and do all these things. So when you have two people who get married, who know nothing about sex, who do you talk to when you're having sexual problems? Somebody else from the church who knows nothing Mm -hmm. about sex. I mean, people, people should never feel bad about what it is that they're desiring Right. And communicating it. Right. Yeah. And feeling heard by the other person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, if if one day you're like, I mean, that's why so many people, that's why there's so many sad stories about somebody who found out years later into the marriage after there were kids that, that the other one was like, I'm gay or I'm, you know, I was never attracted to you. I've been having affairs or whatever. Not not because that person should feel bad for who they are, but that person didn't feel comfortable being who they were in the beginning. They were lying to themselves and the other person. And then they went through all of this heartache and trouble and all of these things, hopefully to find a happy ending. But, but you know, it's like you, we're, we're put through all that because of expectations. Am I the person who everybody else thinks I am? Can I just pretend? Can I fake it till I make it? The answer is no. Uh, when the divorce rate is super high, yeah. Or you're miserable and you fake it until you die and you die. A miserable person. <laughs> you, you, yeah. Or you spontaneously combust yeah. like Tyler. There's a lot of spontaneously combusting people apparently. 
<laughs> That's the theme of the show. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. A lot of people like they will contort themselves into fitting whatever their culture or their circle expects them mm-hmm. to be. And and to that specific circum- uh, situation that you brought to the table, I feel like first, maybe there wasn't proper communication, like honest communication, mm-hmm. not only in between the parties, but also within themselves to understand really what their desires were and what they wanted. Like, I think every person who's going to commit to a a long-term relationship or a commitment like marriage should know very well exactly what they want and what 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 are their negotiables and non-negotiables mm-hmm. and uh i understand the position of the guy of like i thought it was it was okay but now i feel like it's not okay right you're allowed to change your mind yes because you like you really love this person and probably he does and he really wants her to be happy and in that sense, you're like, okay, I'll make it work because everything else, it's just so good, right? And you feel like you're the kind of person who would understand that. But later on, you discover like, yeah, I thought I could, but I can't. And that's fine. That's very human. And sometimes relationship relationships like grow and then maybe they discover that it wasn't okay for them. And and they they're okay. They're allowed to separate to have a divorce and to find other ways like they learn something right Mm -hmm. about themselves and and find ways to fulfill themselves and they can continue being within each other's lives so Mm -hmm. maybe that relationship doesn't necessarily have to break but just evolve into something different Mm -hmm. at least that's how i see it like and that's i mean that's best case scenario for a divorce for sure you know uh, if you guys can remain friends, because you still went through that journey together. I mean, unless it was unless it was abusive, obviously. But if it was still like a, you know, there's we idolize and romanticize marriage. You know, I mean, weddings alone tell you <laughs> yeah. no one's focused on no one's focused focused on the day after the wedding and beyond. Everyone's focused on the wedding day, and it's like the least important. I, I shouldn't say it's the least important, but it's it's in the grand scheme of your relationship, it is so insignificant. It is, it is this very, you know, ceremonial thing that is very orchestrated and logistical. I mean, really it's, it's the next day. Do you guys still like each other? Right. Um, you know, you know, and, and so, yeah, you know, you brought up so many good points, Juan. Uh, there's just a few things I, I wanted to touch on from what you were saying. I, I think, I think a big problem is, uh, some of us, a lot of us aren't honest with ourselves. So, I mean, I challenged my co-host in our season finale about when we talked about sex and fetish and all this stuff, he keeps saying, if I found the right woman who checked all the boxes, mm-hmm. I would totally be monogamous. <laughs> and I go, well, she's not checking all the boxes because you're not that guy. Right. And I'm not saying it. I th- and I kept trying to let him know that I'm not judging you saying that. There's a lot of people who it, it's hard. I mean, as as a man with a sex drive, it's hard thinking about being with the same person the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, and it's not even because oh man, I just need to have sex with other people. It's it is a biological thing that is built into us, and especially commonly in men, which is like to go out there and like conquest, right? Yeah. That's not just this like 
cultural thing. That is actually biological. My, my wife, before I even met her, she read the book, uh, The Myth of Monogamy. And it talks about biologically, monogamy usually doesn't work really well. Mm. And that's why there is so much infidelity. And, and it, it's not because everybody needs to have sex with other people. It, oftentimes, like you said, sex is like camouflage for something else. Yeah. But it's this idea that it is so hard for us as humans, when we want to be around others, we want to embrace other people, we want to have new experiences, we want to learn and to do it in a way where you're not fully satisfied with whatever this one thing might be, or you just need to experience something new. I think we need to redefine in our culture what marriage is. And I think people need to start feeling less afraid to tell the other person from the get-go, like you said, non-negotiable. I, man, when I met Lindsay, I was already once divorced. And the best thing you can do if you do get divorced, after you make some mistakes and, you know, get back up on your feet, learn who you are. That was, that's what I did. I went through therapy. I went to counselors. I read books on all kinds of like communication and relationships. It was the best thing I could have ever done because it wasn't about trying to figure out, oh, why the marriage didn't work as far as like her, it wasn't about her. It was about me. I mean, yeah, there were things she did that were wrong, but my God, like I, I want to be happy. This is about me. And I learned so many things about myself. And so when Lindsay, I feel bad for Lindsay, when we uh, first started dating, it was like, I gave her like a, on our first date, I think I was just being, you know, I was just going there too much. And I was like talking about like the pillars. I, I created these pillars of marriage. And I'm like, you got to have these things. You got to have your non-negotiables. You got to have this. And instead of being scared, I think she saw it as like, oh, this guy's actually like a little deep. Um, and and she shared with me about the non-monogamy stuff, or not non-monogamy, but reading the book. Like she understands the biological and scientific aspect, which is such an important place to start because now I feel very safe. Like I can tell her, like I've never been ashamed to tell her like if I thought a girl was hot and there's so many guys who, or women who, you know, their boyfriends or husbands, they would like crush them. It's like, and and I got into this huge fight that was totally my fault uh, years back when a friend was dating this girl who was the most jealous person in the world. And I go, and she was like, he doesn't look at other women. I go, yes, he does. Like every guy does. I'm sorry. We do. We're visual creatures. Um, and it got, it started the biggest fight and I felt so bad. And then afterwards I just realized, I go, you guys have a toxic relationship. You're like, he was afraid to be who he actually was. And nobody deserves to be in that kind of relationship. Now the other person might not accept it, but do you really want to be your, I think people think, I can just push it down and hide it and it will just work out. It doesn't work out guys. I'm here to tell you it doesn't work out. <laughs> Once divorced, so many things I didn't question, so many things I didn't say. And then you're like, Oh shit, this, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this is, and it wasn't guys, it wasn't sex. It was so, it was pretty much like everything, but it was money. It was uh, communication. It was kind of like emotional intelligence. It was all these things, but we're just like, well, you're supposed to get married. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're not supposed to do anything. I just wanted to ask both of you, since you come from such different backgrounds, before I ask you about divorce, I want to know what it means to be married for each of you. Ooh. You want to go first? Uh, well, no, you're, you're the <laughs> oh, new okay. one. I can't wait to hear this one. 
baby. It means you fulfilling all my dreams and desires. Oh my gosh, I love you so much. Can we turn this camera off so Matt can't see us make passionate love on this couch? That's Sorry, that's Mom. what a lot of people have in their minds. Like, oh, that's how it is. Yeah. Like these, for those of you not watching the video, they're undressing right now. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's the, we we film without pants every time. Yeah, that's how it perfect. is. Perfect, perfect. Pants off, dance yeah. off. Sorry. Yeah. So what what it means to be married to me, I think it's the natural evolution of the like we all have circles in our lives of people who have a very close orbit. Mm -hmm. They're the people who we see more often, and we have more confidence and and in in sharing like close things. Very mm -hmm. very important relationship for our lives they support us they fulfill some of the most important needs in our lives like sometimes you have friends who you always go to the movies with or sometimes and but they are fulfilling that part of your life and sometimes you have friends who you talk the difficult things uh exclusively mm -hmm. so that's your, your closest orbit and then there are other people that you see sometimes like mm -hmm. and somewhere in there is your family i think Marriage for me is like the natural evolution where that important person just joins you in the center where you become, I don't, I don't like saying like, oh, you, jo you joined your life and now you're like one person because no, you don't well, I, I have one friend, <laughs> I have one friend actually who, who told me like, I, and I think she has a lot of good evidence in that. Like every time a friend gets married, they always talk about like, they stop talking about me and they start talking we. about we mm -hmm. and it's always just like they became one mm -hmm. uh so i guess in a way you could say that but it's just like the closest friendship that you have and i think that should be always the person you get married should be like your best friend or at least one of your best friends because you have mm -hmm. such a close connection that it's just natural and you just make a commitment to each other that you're going to be together and you're going to support each other through the good and the bad. It doesn't have to do anything with sex or, or infidelity. Like there are other things related to that. You could easily just agree that you can have an open relationship or stuff like that and still have a, a, a good marriage. Or doesn't necessarily have to have the contract, the social contract of like, you have to sign the papers and stuff. It's just that agreement that... Even though we did that? And we even did, though we yes. don't have any relationships outside of the marriage? Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, it's important to point that out. But to me, marriage is just that commitment of, I'm going to be uh, your partner for life. And we're going to walk through life and get all together. And I commit to you that anything that comes into our relationship, we're going to work it together and, and do the best that we can. And also, if you want to have kids, which we, we do, we are committing to bringing these people to the world and make making their lives the best it can be. It was a kind of a long uh, explanation, but yeah. No, I dig it. I, 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 I agree with 90% of what you said. Um, What's the 10%? <laughs> The 10% that I would, that it's not necessarily I disagree. It, the 10% that I think is my view that would be different is I don't know that it's always the natural progression. I think we've accepted that it is. I do agree with like, here, actually, here's what I'll say. So imagine 
we're watching a movie and it's a totally different existence. It's a future culture or something. And, and they've made stuff like this. And it's like, you choose early on in life, like you guys, everybody partner up and you two are going to be doctors and you two are going to be this. And we've kind of accepted, like, eventually you have to do this. One, I, I, I don't think everyone should get married. I've said that before. I think there's a lot of people who it's just not for. Using that same analogy, it is very much a business transaction. I'm not saying that the emotions and all those things, I mean, if you, like I'm a small business owner, starting a business is very emotional. (laughs) There's a lot of love and blood, sweat, and tears. Your, your relationship's going to have that too. But it is saying when I am, you know, when we wake up and we look at each other and we're not sexually attracted to each other at the moment or when things are really bad or whatever it is, we will have each other's backs. We will make it through any storm because you are not only my best friend, you're my confidant, you're my business partner, you're the person who's going to raise children with me. You are the most important person in my life and I will prioritize you above all else. But it has to be... It has to be thought through and in a way almost compartmentalized ahead of time where you can move aside the sex and the emotion and the love and go, do I want to be with this person? Do I want to go through life? Like I am tied to them. And that's the thing. I think it is, it is as much a business transaction as it is this romantic thing. Because after a while... The romance changes. It doesn't mean there's no more romance. And and I don't believe that at all. I think it can evolve and it's a roller coaster and you guys have to rediscover each other and yourselves. But there's the days of logistical, mechanical relationship far outweigh the lovey-dovey flowers and roses and candles. And so if we can think about it like that, like Lindsay, I go, I could run a business with Lindsay, you know, obviously that wasn't the thought that came to me, but it's like, I could, we could do books together. We could do this together. We could like, it's so much more than romance. It's so much more than just love and sex and all of those things like we talked about. So that, that, that's the only 10% is, I don't know that it, I think there's a lot of people who shouldn't get married. I don't, I, I, I don't think it's an unnatural kind of like evolution of it. I just think that we've accepted that it is. And that's why a lot of people who should never get married or at least to that person end up doing it. And then it's, it's kind of doomed. And we've all been at that wedding where you're like placing bets, you know, behind the closed doors going, how long is this shit? I don't know. (laughs) You're like, I think he slept with that bridesmaid. (laughs) I mean, there's always, there's always, there's always there's probably people at my first wedding actually saying that whoever whoever had four years I owe you yeah I, I think like we actually basically agree a hundred percent it's just that there's this connotation when you say like the natural progression that you think that is the 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 cultural view of like that is expected from everyone I I wasn't saying it in that way it's more like when you have a real connection with a person and uh, you feel like you want to spend more time with that person, the natural progression is both lives to get more intertwined in a way. Yeah. 
But I do agree with you, yeah. I think it's taking out the word marriage. Right. It doesn't have to be a marriage. The people don't even necessarily have to live together. There are people who have long-time relationships, decades, where they both have their own places. And if that's what works for them, but they are a couple. So, yeah, you're absolutely right in that sense. It's two people who... And it, and it is built around their personalities. There are some people who who want that and need that. And some people are like, we both take our own vacations. He has guys weekend. I have girls weekend. And then there are people who are like, I would never go on vacation without my spouse. And it's whatever works. As long as, as you put it out there early on, you're being open and honest with each other. And, and that's so hard for us as humans because... At least for me, I, I'll, I'll just I'll throw myself under the bus here and say, my whole life I think religion kind of pounded that shame and guilt into me. It's like I could never let somebody know the deepest desires in me or the, you know, the worst thoughts I have or whatever. Like no one would ever accept that. Uh, you got to find the person who does. But then you have to also learn about. Those things and accept them. all of those things we, in them too. We are, yeah. They, they always say we are monkeys learning how to be people on the last second of the last day. <laughs> when you see it on the long scheme, the big scheme, like ten thousand years of evolution, and just now we're trying to figure <laughs> out how to deal with our relationship, our emotions, and all that. Just the last second of the day. Trying to figure out like, okay, uh, 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 love, uh, uh, cheating. Uh, I don't know if, uh, you know. Yeah, I need to get married. Marriage. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, yeah. You you said it, hit the nail on the head. It's it's, it's a lack of self-awareness, I think, is where it actually all goes wrong. Yeah. And it was predetermined. It's not to say that there aren't situations that start bad and get better. I just, if there's something I would want to tell people, it's like, don't feel like you have to get married. You are not a failure if you don't. I know culturally, and there's always pressure. As soon as you start dating someone, you get the moms and the grandmas coming out like, when are you guys going to get married? Stop that. Stop asking that. You are you are dooming them. And if you do get divorced, I'm sorry, but you're, you know, it's, it's a coin toss at this point. Take that time to learn from your mistakes. If you don't learn from your mistakes... You're just going to keep repeating them. And that goes with everything, but especially in marriage. Holy crap. When did you decide that you wanted to remarry? And did you did you feel that you had to get married again after you divorced? Hold on. Lindsay left the room. I never wanted to. She forced me. <laughs> oh, no. Lindsay. I'm just kidding. She, Exclusive. Just kidding. <laughs> Don't tell my grandma podcast. After I got divorced, I honestly made a declaration that I'd never get remarried. And I really didn't want to. I lived, I, I mean, I, I had my, it was like a kind of a delayed reaction when I finally kind of hit my bad point. It's not that I missed her. It was kind of just like, you. there's a piece of you that dies. You know, you feel like you lose a piece of yourself when you get divorced. And so I... I just lived the best bachelor life. I mean, I was, I had my own place. I finally had a decent job, had my dog. I was a happy man. I dated around and I, and I, you know, certainly had some fun. And, uh, and then when I met Lindsay, like we would talk, you know, we talked really deep and we obviously connected really well. And I told her, I was like, I don't really plan on getting married. She's like, that's fine. I don't think that's necessarily what I want. And then one day she was like, I think that's what I want. 
And I was annoyed because I'm like, well, wait a second. I thought we were on the same page. And then it kind of the, you know, the thought came to me just like you guys were saying earlier. Yeah. You know what? Your mind is allowed to change. Like you grow and you realize maybe I do want this. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, what do I actually see the future being? Like we, at that point, we already lived together. You know, we basically were sharing so much in life. I'm like, it's just a piece of paper. Who gives a shit? So that's why I was like, it was the idea that I didn't want. It was almost like I was being stubborn. So she didn't talk me into it. It wasn't a compromise. It was a, yeah, you know what? I mean, that's kind of what we're doing anyway. I just don't want it to change because expectations, I think a lot of what ruined my first marriage on top of so many things, just two people who should have never gotten married to each other, too similar in all the wrong ways and too different in all the wrong ways. It, it was, it was kind of like the expectations of marriage is that happily ever after. And that's not what it is. It's freaking work. It's harder than any job you'll ever have. And so you have to want to do the work. And when you don't, when you have a relationship where either one or neither of the people want to do the work. It's just not, it's not going to work out. And, and at one point she didn't want to do the work anymore. Uh, and then I stopped wanting to do the work and then it was over. And it's a, obviously there's much more to it than that. But looking at Lindsay, I was like, look, here's the thing. This has to continue to be what it is. We have to be open with each other. We have to be honest. And this is not going to be a traditional marriage, meaning it's not just going to be this, cookie cutter, you know, leave it to beaver kind of thing. Like we need to still be adventurous and fun and, and still want to be around each other, want to spend time with each other, not being like, Oh my God, I got to get away from the ball and chain. Like that is not what I want. And nobody does, but they end up there and they accept it. And I go, having gone through it once, I don't ever want to do it again unless it's the best it can be. And I mean, we've been together now seven years and we're into marriage like three. And so we're almost at the exact same point in time from when my last marriage ended. We were together eight years, I think, total, four and four, eight million times better. But a lot of that was I learned who I was, what I wasn't willing to settle for. And I'm still learning. Oh my God, we just had like a huge deep conversation the other day. And one of the things that stuck out to me recently on our last podcast episode. And I really wanted to share this because this was really interesting. We're talking about infidelity and all this. And actually that has nothing to do with why I got divorced, by the way. Uh, Not that I was afraid people were judging me. It's just, I don't, you know, I'm talking, we're talking so much about it. I wish I could offer more to it, but we were talking about it. And the girl who was, she and her husband are ethically non-monogamous, meaning they, they're allowed to have sex with other people and they make it work and they seem super happy and they were divorced where it didn't work. But they, they did a, they did a poll or a census where essentially people are more comfortable accepting infidelity than they are people having an untraditional marriage where they're allowed to like ethically non-monogamous. And when you take a big step back to me, that kind of spells it all out. Even, even if it's not about sex, People are more accepting of, well, this is how it's always been done than they are something that works. So, so it's like, why reinvent the wheel? And you're like, well, the wheel fell off like three miles ago. Yeah. You're, not, yeah. <laughs> you're just trying to get the damn thing to roll down the rest of the hill. So <laughs> people are more willing 
Because infidelity, call it what it is, it's betrayal. When you go behind yeah. your partner's back and do something that they would not want you to do. And I don't care if it's like you told him you quit drinking and then you keep drinking or whatever it is. That's why, Wendy, your, your answer was beautiful earlier. You care more about that emotional connection. It, it's, it's that this person has done something to hurt you and purposely did it behind your back. So if it's like, and we're more accepting of that because we're like, well, I mean, that's how dad did it. And that's how his dad did it. It's like, yeah, he came home drunk and he beat mom up. Instead of saying, well, then maybe we should redefine what that looks like. We just accept it because we're like, well, that's, that's how it is. And to me, it's like life, like you just said, we're in the last second of evolution. (laughs) Life is too short to go through it so unfulfilled and so unhappy. So don't get married if you, if, if it's not what you want or don't, you know, sign up for something that you think, well, this is what my family would want. Screw your, your family's not part of the marriage. This is yours. Do what makes you happy and realize that you need to do whatever makes the other person happy too. And then who cares what it is? As long as it's not abuse and it's consensual. And I'm not even just talking about physical stuff. Like that to me is what's important. And that's kind of what I learned getting divorced without putting it in those words. I was like, it made me re kind of re-examine what the hell was that? (laughs) What is marriage? Like why, why do we just accept this? Because you know, the grandma show, you got your grandma's going like, well, that's just how it is. Well, bullshit. (laughs) I say challenge, (laughs) challenge. (laughs) Challenge the norms. Yes. Yes. Well, that was great. Uh, it's, I think it's there's a lot of knowledge and, and uh, experience we all share here. And uh, I, I think our listeners would definitely get a lot of value from that experience. And I do agree with your point. Like, definitely, we should be challenging norms or the norms, the beliefs that we like have calcified in our culture and uh, as you said like divorce it's just a life teaching you a lesson you know yeah. and and you know what and and you know to the listener you might re-examine those things and come back to the same conclusion and that's great it's kind of like faith my my mom i challenged her one time and said do you ever stop and think like, what if there is no God or any of this? And it's like, it's like, you're not supposed to think those things. I'm like, but doesn't it re-strengthen those things if you still come back? If you're not looking to get that answer, but if you're analyzing it in, within yourself. So, you know, I hope what, what you listeners out there have taken away from this isn't that I had any real uh, information to share, but as a an impetus for you to go, you know what, I need to really take a look at these things in myself. Like no one knows it, but you. And so I hope you do it. You'll, you'll be happier in the end for it. And some of us had to learn that the hard way. So don't, don't make the mistakes that 50% of us make. That's right. I like how you place a lot of emphasis on getting to know yourself. And unfortunately you did that after your marriage didn't work out, but then you're able to revisit the idea of marriage and, be with someone who accepted you for you and also accepting yourself throughout that process. And I think that's what we all have to learn how to do, whether it's 
um, before we commit to a marriage. I'm doing it right now through therapy. Um, it's really important for all of us to get to know what we want and then communicate. That oh, that's to very important partners. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That we need to let it be known that we are. We have all gone through therapy, and it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's actually quite necessary. We all had to unlearn a lot of There's things still that a big we stigma around absorbed. That Every, right? Everybody should be in therapy. All it is is working on communication and finding yourself. I mean, it's everything we pretty much talked about in this episode. <laughs> um, it's not, it, yeah, it, it's not somebody shrinking your head. It, I, the people who poo poo it, I think, are the ones who are really afraid of learning about themselves. And that's, and I don't judge them, I feel bad. Because you're missing out, you're missing out on something really great. Well, I think we're gonna wrap up, so we have time to hop on your podcast yes. later on. But it's been a real pleasure and honor yeah. to have you on our podcast. You've brought so much content and value yeah. for our listeners to chew yeah. on. And we can talk for for hours about oh, many yeah. many things. I feel like we 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 all have a lot of things in common, as you said, and. Uh, Maybe we would we will at some other time yeah. we can uh, explore other things and uh, yeah uh, if there's anything that would you you would like to plug please go ahead sure well first of all thank you so much guys I the it the you know it, it goes both it's a two way street here like it's, it's yeah. been such a an honor being asked to be on the show and collaborating with you guys and just chatting and yeah we could we could totally talk for hours so i'm gonna come to tokyo soon. um <laughs> so yeah uh if you want to check out the going there podcast uh go to the going we just wrapped up season one and now we're putting out bonus episodes uh like the one i'm gonna be doing with these two uh as well as like animations and snippets and all kinds of fun stuff so definitely check it out if you get a chance Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Is there is there any socials where people can find you? All of the social links, YouTube, everything is right on that website. So it's kind of a one-stop shop. So I didn't have to keep going. And also we're at, <laughs> and then 50 plugs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, as always, listeners, we thank you for tuning in with us on this very special episode of the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast. Thank you, Matt, again for joining us. You made this conversation extra enlightening and gave us a lot to think about. Um, we would like you to reach out to us if you have any comments or concerns. Um, we're always open to hearing your feedback. So reach out to us on Twitter at A Journey for Wisdom. Four is the number. Or on our Instagram at A Journey for Wisdom. We would love to hear from you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have Bye. Have a great day. Bye.